Welcome to the All Things Nintendo Podcast. I'm Brian Shea from Game Informer, and this is a weekly podcast to discuss all the biggest news and games from the world of Nintendo. 2023 is officially coming to a close, and that means it is time to look back on the best that this year had to offer. Just like last year, I'm going to host a bit of an award show through this episode of All Things Nintendo. This is the third annual All Things Nintendo Awards. We need to come up with a catchier name for that. <laughs> Just like last year, I have brought my colleague and fellow Nintendo fan Kyle Hilliard on the show to run down the best of 2023. Kyle, how is it going today? Good, bold of you to just assume I like Nintendo games. <laughs> well, for some a peek behind the curtain, I joined Game Informer uh, you, a few years after you originally joined Game Informer, and you were kind of like the Nintendo guy back then. And you you covered all the the big Nintendo games, and uh, I would usually get some of like the kind of the, the lesser known games. I think the, the first like big Nintendo game I ever got to review back then was Splatoon on Wii U. And then the only reason I got that is I think we like real, we didn't think it was going to become what it ended up becoming in terms of like fan popularity. So right. you were the Nintendo guy. And then when you left Game Informer initially in 2019, I kind of slid into that role. Thank you for calling it left. Uh, you were unceremoniously laid off, which know, uh, we yeah, will yeah. get to that topic as well. Uh, that uh, kind of had me slide into that role very, very quickly because I think within two weeks I was on a plane to Tokyo to write about Pokemon Sword and Shield for a cover story. So yeah. it was a very fast turnaround in, in the transition to me becoming the Nintendo guy. And now you're yeah. back and we couldn't be happier to have you back. And uh, no, now we can both cover and I Nintendo. still love Nintendo. That Yeah, to be clear, I like Nintendo a lot. Uh, I, I'm a big fan. But to be fair, I also was not the Sonic guy when I first joined Game Informer. That was Tim Turry. Oh, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. What a what a world. I was not the sports uh, guy either, because that was uh, a combination of Matt Burtz, Kim Wallace and Matt Cotto. <laughs> and now you're everything. You're Sonic, a... <laughs> you're Mario, you're Olympic Games, you're everything. I'm Olympic Games, yes. <laughs> so uh, first up, if you are listening to this on YouTube, I do want to apologize. Uh, but the last two shows, at least of 2023 are going to be audio only. I have been fighting for my life with Adobe Premiere these last few weeks. And you may have noticed that I think the last two episodes before this episode were also audio only. And that's because even though we went into those episodes with the best of intentions, we recorded video, Adobe Premiere just did not want to cooperate. And I've decided that as we try to wrap up 2023, it's just not worth the headache right now. So I am going to, uh, in 2024, investigate another piece of software. I've already downloaded it. I'm just going to try to figure out if it will give me a more consistent output. So right now we're just going to stick with only audio, but uh, the hope is that in 2024, we will resume video for this show. So apologies to those who have found the show through YouTube in the past couple of months where I've done video, but uh, yeah, that's just the situation, unfortunately. Yeah, man. Hey, you don't need, you're, it's tech problems, man. It's like, what, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do to a certain degree? And but, by the way, as somebody who I think I like to think that I keep my emotions in check most of the time. The only two times that I really like lose my mind are when I'm gaming. Sometimes I'll do that, like just because it's like a, a, a good outlet. Like if I'm playing like a multiplayer game, I don't get on mic usually for multiplayer games. But like if I'm having like a bad game, I will just rage alone in my basement. <laughs> I'm not. Don't worry. I'm not saying any toxic stuff on, on chat or anything like that. So I'm not doing an outlet like that. But also my primary pet peeve that still gets to me to this day is when technology does not work the way it's supposed to. 
Yeah, and fair. I mean, that is the thing that drives me crazy often is like, this thing has been working for months, and now it is not working inexplicably. I haven't done anything different. I don't understand. <laughs> like that, that can just be absolutely infuriating. So I, 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 I recognize that. I get Especially it. Especially when you're on a plane to Tokyo, as I was a few weeks ago. No Wi-Fi over the Pacific Ocean. I don't know what Delta was doing that day, but there was no Wi-Fi over the Pacific Ocean. So I was just like, oh, well, good thing I brought my Switch. And then it inexplicably dies at 55% battery. And I don't know why, but I had to play for the rest of the trip with my Switch plugged into like the little monitor. So that was a fun realization to come to is that my Switch battery just thinks it's dead when it hits 55% now. So I don't know what's going on there. But that was a uh, a very fun thing to do when I had 13 hours on a plane and that was happening to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of which, uh, thing to promote. I know that it's not coming to uh, to Switch, but Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is on our cover right now. Yeah. The new cover announcement was this week. Go check out the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth cover story. I had a lot of fun writing it. Final Fantasy VII's original version is on Switch, so there is some relevance there. Um, I have played, I've replayed a good chunk of it recently on the Switch. That's actually what I was playing on that flight to Tokyo to kind of refresh my memory. But uh, yeah, it, there's a lot of talk in the cover story about kind of the legacy of Final Fantasy VII and like how they came to make Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I encourage everybody, if you have a uh, an interest in Final Fantasy, talk to so many legends over there, Yoshinori Kitase, Tetsuya Nomura, Motomu uh, Toriyama, and then, of course, some of the the newer people at Square Enix. And by newer, you know, they've been there for a decade or two. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're like they're like Nintendo and in, in that way, in that like they kind of they hang on to their people for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, Naoki Hamaguchi, who is the director of those games, and then also Teruki Endo, who is the battle director on those games. Uh, he Man. previously worked on the Monster Hunter games. So there's a little bit of a Nintendo connection there as well. That's so a he, cool he was, title. Battle director. Yeah, I think I'm just going to make that my title here at Game Informer. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing as magazine content director. Battle director. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, before we do jump into these awards, I do want to make sure that I clarify that these are not the official Game Informer awards for the end of the year. If you want to see those, you can either check out our next issue that has Final Fantasy VII Rebirth on the cover or check GameInformer.com. Uh, our top 10 list is on the site right now. That includes our game of the year. And then also uh, in the coming weeks, we will have a couple of additional features, including our category winners and a few other things, including our uh, our editor top 10s. You'll see what my personal top 10 list was. All that stuff is also in the magazine. So uh, pick your way of consumption and go enjoy those. So these awards I'm going through today are going to be specific to all things Nintendo. and. As such, you may hear about games that came out a different year, but as long as they hit Switch in 2023, they qualify. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to list off the nominees for each category. And then once I announce the winner, Kyle and I will will briefly talk about that game. And that's just kind of the the flow that it's going to go. But before we jump into the awards, I did want to briefly touch on kind of the contrast that existed in this industry in 2023, because I don't know about you, Kyle, but this is, I've been covering video games for about 15 years now. 
And this has been one of the best years that I can remember in terms of game releases. Like there were so many yeah. unbelievable games, both on Switch and and not on Switch. Like the ones that come to mind that aren't on Switch, like Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, uh, Street Fighter 6. Those are all amazing games. And all three of those games, at least, uh, were on our overall top 10 games of 2023 on GameInformer.com. I don't know how you feel about that, but that, I mean, that's my personal feeling. It's one of the better years that I can remember in my entire decade and a half covering the video game industry. No, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's like, God, I feel like at the 60% point of this year, people are already like, is this the best year ever for video game releases? And I think it will be in that conversation in the long term. Like, there's there's no way to make that call now. You know, mm-hmm. we're record at the time we're recording this. We're still in 2023, but I mean, man, it's a contender, like for sure. It really is, yeah. Like, and I actually, one of the freelance pieces I wrote before I joined Game Informer, I think this was back in 2013. I wrote the top seven best years in gaming history for games radar. And I went back and recently and, and revisited that. And I'm like, man, this does stack up against the ones that I chose as like number one, number two, number three. Yeah. Yeah. It it's incredible how good the years have been or how good the games have been this year. So uh, that's the, the positive side of this, but I do want to call out the fact that this is also one of the most challenging years I can remember for the games industry. And I think it would be disingenuous for me not to acknowledge that in an episode that we're doing as a 2023 retrospective because you know there were thousands upon thousands of layoffs and several studio closures and if that continues it's going to do irreparable damage to this industry and you know if this is the I norm mean, I, Brian I think it has already I think like right we're not seeing it yet but I think we will feel its effects for a long time. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think, I think we're past the point of like, if this keeps going, I think we're at a point of like, something's wrong here. You know, mm-hmm. like I've, I've been thinking about it. Like if this is the norm where the employees that make the games that we love in a year, as strong as 2023 has been for the highest grossing entertainment industry on the planet, when those employees are laid off and the executives that are supposedly in charge of the decisions that these companies make suffer almost no consequences, or if they do, they give, they're given a golden parachute. And meanwhile, the ones that are still at the companies are probably looking forward to their six-figure Christmas bonuses. Why would anyone looking for a stable career want to work in this space? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. Like these companies and uh, by extension, these executives, they're putting the shareholders ahead of the actual talent behind the games that we love. And we just, we flat out need a better way forward. And we, like you said, we probably already have reached a point of no return in terms of the damage done to this industry through the layoffs and studio closures that we've had. But if we don't find that better way forward, like, we may never have another year of game releases like we saw in 2023 ever again. Like it's plain and simple. When you drive out the best talent or when you lay off the best talent, what is going to be left, right? Like, okay, well, this person was making a lot of money. Like they've been at the company for 20 years. We should lay them off because that's easier than, you know, having our executives or getting rid of an executive who made bad decisions 
or, oh, we need to boost our stock because our profits weren't quite what we thought. And it's it's horrible for this industry and it's short-sighted. And like you said, Square Enix, they, they've held on to a lot of their employees for a long time. Nintendo, you rarely, if ever, hear about Nintendo laying off their employees. And look at the games that those companies produce. Not every single one is a winner. Not every single one is game of the year contender. But I think it's fair to say that Square Enix and Nintendo put out a very strong collection of games almost every single year. Yeah. And that's yeah, more than you can say so. by a lot of companies. So I, I maybe they have the the right path forward. Maybe they have some some mobility in that regard that other companies that haven't been around as long don't have. But like there has to be a better way forward. And that's I mean that that's all there is to it. Like if we don't find a better way forward, then this industry is going to to suffer. Yeah. No, I I I appreciate you calling it out. Like absolutely, like it's tough. To be like, oh yeah, some of the best games we've ever played, but it's like we <laughs> you gotta like you gotta look at what's going on uh, with the sort of industry behind the scenes and acknowledge it and and make sure that uh, you know we we acknowledge it. I'm just repeating myself, but like <laughs> we have to point it out. Yeah, well, um, I, I just wanted to make sure that that element of this industry was was mentioned in this episode that is going to be a largely celebratory tone however yeah. it it feels like i said it feels disingenuous to not acknowledge it in a a real way when this is serving essentially as the retrospective for the year because i i think it's inarguable that was the biggest news story coming out of the year uh for the industry yeah yeah without a doubt all right. Now that that's out of the way, we're going to transition uh, back to the positive perspective. You know, like I said, this was a year that had one of the strongest release calendars and not only just release calendars, but like critical reviews, fan reception that I can remember. But without going into specifics, because we're going to talk about various specific games over the course of this episode. Kyle, how do you assess the Switch's 2023 uh let's see just like broadly like how was the console yeah how do you how do you look at the console in 2023 you know it's obviously getting older yeah look at the the games that came out for it like how do you look at like how do you look at this console that nintendo continues to print money with even into its uh, i guess we're approaching its seventh year of life is that correct i mean i'm certainly i'm certainly struggling with it more and more i know we're going in on a positive note here um but it is increasingly becoming my nintendo player it's always been my nintendo game player if you know what i mean if that makes Mm -hmm. sense um well i mean where else are you gonna play them well but but (laughs) what i'm getting at is like early in the switch's life i would play everything on switch uh, you know, if the, if it came out on all platforms and there was a Switch version available, I would play the Switch version. I, I don't. I really do that very rarely anymore. Um, I played. I, you know, Pikmin and Zelda were just like phenomenal this year. Just to call out two in particular that I liked, uh, and they looked great and they played great. But like, if I go outside of that, um, uh, out of Nintendo's sort of orbit to play anything else. I I definitely start feeling like it's it's time to upgrade is where I'm at with the switch uh, broadly as a console. 
Yeah, I mean, I am looking forward. I, I'm, I am holding out hope that 2024 brings us the next Nintendo console. And I'm hoping, I'm very hopeful that it's going to be backward compatible and still have the portable option. But I have played more Switch in the last two months than I have any other console. Just oh, two months specifically, huh? Well, right. I'm just thinking about how much travel I've done in the past oh, two months. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you've been traveling like crazy. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, two international trips and then several domestic trips in the past two months have, have definitely gotten my mileage up on the Switch lately. Yeah. And plus, you know, I reviewed Super Mario Brothers Wonder, which also had me putting, I think I put about 35 or 40 hours into that game. So it's been a lot of Switch since, you know, the fall into holiday season. But even outside of that, like the game release calendar, we're going to talk about a lot of the specific games here over the next however long it takes to get through these awards. <laughs> it uh, I mean, it, it was an amazing year for the Nintendo releases. Like you talk about how it's becoming more and more like a Nintendo player. And I would agree largely with that. There are a few games that, again, we're going to talk about that I think did kind of break out of that role they were multi-platform titles that i was like oh yeah this is absolutely a game i'm going to play on switch and yeah uh, i i had a few of those too for sure we can get to those yeah but yeah i mean it 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 has been a nintendo console through and through but i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing given how good the nintendo release calendar has been yeah nintendo had a good year for sure yeah so i mean while i'm very very hopeful that it is going to be kind of the final, we're in the final 12 months at least at, at the very longest of this console. I don't think it's going to go out with a whimper the way, like maybe the Wii or the Wii U did. I mean, the Wii U was a, its entire existence was a whimper. Let's not, let's not <laughs> yeah. kid ourselves, but That's, yeah, good point. There was a period where like the Wii was like the hottest thing in the entire industry, but those last like two or three years were somewhat dire for stretches of time, right? Where it would be like, all right, there hasn't been a, like a Nintendo game on this thing for like four months. Like, what are we doing? Like, is this even like, is Nintendo making games anymore? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I'm very positive on the Switch's year. But without further ado, Kyle, I think it's time we get started. The first category, we're going to lead off here with the best strategy game. You would think that maybe this isn't a major category, but I've said this time and time again. The Switch is an incredible platform for strategy titles. And if you look at this collection of games, I think that it speaks to that. So five nominees for each category. The five nominees for best strategy game are Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp. Fire Emblem Engage, Persona 5 Tactica, Pikmin 4, and Wargroove 2. And the winner is Pikmin 4. Hey, all right. I, that was certainly mine from that group, but I, I really thought you were going to go uh, Fire Emblem, I thought. Hey, Fire Emblem... Uh, very good game. Advance yeah. Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp, incredible remakes. Persona 5 Tactica is one of those games that I was talking about where it's like, okay, this isn't a Nintendo game. It's not even a Nintendo exclusive, but I will play this on my Switch. And Wargroove 2, I've only played a little bit of it, but it is great as well. 
Uh, hold on, hold on. I'm hearing the music right now. We are not, we're not doing the 30 second limit for award winners here. So <laughs> let, let's cut that out right now. Okay. Let's continue talking. Pikmin 4, Kyle, you reviewed it for us. What yeah. about Pikmin 4 makes it the best strategy game of 2023 for you? Yeah. I had to, yeah, to be clear, the reason I was like, oh, we, I, Brian's probably gone fire emblem with this one. It's just because I, when I think of strategy, you know, as a genre, I think of like, of of Fire Emblem, it, it, it specifically, you know, mm-hmm. grid based, uh, turn based strategy. But yeah, now Pikmin Four just charmed the hell out of me this year. Like I kind of, I've always liked Pikmin. I I think we talked about it on this podcast at some point. Like I've I played and beat two and three, but it had never finished one. And I think was it this year that it came to Switch? Pikmin One was that this mm-hmm. year? Yeah, it was. Yeah, they they did a Nintendo Direct like detailing Pikmin Four, and they're like, oh, by the way, One and Two are now on Switch. Right. Okay. So that I when it came to Switch, I played Pikmin One, and that was the first time I beat Pikmin One, and I enjoyed it. But yeah, Pikmin Four just like it was. It's so good. It like it, the annoyances that I've had with Pikmin in the past, like Pikmin Four addressed all of them primarily by just having Ochi. Like mm-hmm. Ochi just makes managing Pikmin so much breezier and more fun. And then on top of that, the game looks so good and plays so well and is just structured so well in that like things like the time limit just aren't don't really drive me crazy anymore. And they had the system where you can go underground and take longer on and these little like bite-sized Pikmin levels. Like they almost felt like uh Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom shrines, but for Pikmin. Uh, and it just, I, I just, I really liked it. It's one of those I've ha- only had, I had a few this year of games that this is very specific to like us, Brian of in general, people who re- review video games as a job, mm-hmm. but like often you'll review a game and you're like, well, I, I, I finished it. I'm going to write my review. I'm going to move on whether because I have to, to review another game or I just want to play something I want to play for fun. But Pikmin was one of those games this year that I played it, beat it wrote my review and booted the game right back up and continued playing and like went and got nearly a hundred percent completion on that game just because I was enjoying it so much. I mean, that's always the mark of a good game when people who review the game finish like what they need to play for the review. And then they're like, I want to play more of this because like, that's a very intensive process for people who've never reviewed a video game. You are basically playing that game day and night to like, make sure you're seeing everything, make sure you're fully assessing it. So the fact that you had finished your review and you're like, well, I want more of this game that that I mean, that's what I ended up doing with Super Mario Brothers Wonder was like, I was like, well, I want to jump right back into this. And Pikmin 4, if the fact that it makes you want to go back into it is uh, it really does say a lot about how good that game is. Yeah. Yeah. I had a few this year like that. I'm sure we might even get to some of them. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of which, we're going to jump to our next category. Best action game. It's a big one. We have five nominees as usual, but uh, some of the like this is a, a diverse list. I would say action is kind of a catch-all term for a lot of uh, a lot of Game Informer stuff, and we're kind of using that here. So th- there's a wide-ranging experiences uh, listed here in this category. So let's go. The nominees are Bayonetta Origins, Cereza and the Lost Demon, Blasphemous Two, Dave the Diver, Dead Cells: Return to Castlevania. And The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And the winner is, as you might have guessed, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom.
Kyle, it uh, maybe the biggest game of 2023 was a Switch exclusive. I mean, it, yeah. it, one of the if at worst one of the two biggest games of 2023 was a Switch exclusive. Tears of the Kingdom, a game that I think a lot of people before we learned too much about it, they were worried. I think, like obviously, really? okay. Nintendo has an amazing track record with with uh, Zelda. But it's like, how do you possibly top Breath of the Wild? And I think that was a thing that people that they may not been worried about the quality of Tears of the Kingdom, but they were worried about like not being able to go above and beyond what Breath of the Wild accomplished. And I think that oh, Nintendo sure, I did, yeah, did actually top Breath of the Wild in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, I know quite a few people who sort of bounced off Breath of the Wild, surprisingly who tears the kingdom like really just have pulled them in and they're like no 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 this this one works for me even where breath of the wild didn't in a big way and then there's people like you and i who love breath of the wild who are almost equally as enamored with tears of the kingdom for a million different reasons you know yeah i mean there's so much added like you know it's now three layers of exploration in hyrule the sky kingdom or the sky kingdom mario the sky Ooh. islands and the uh, the the depths, which, by the way, ever since Tears of the Kingdom came out, I refer to my basement, which is where my gaming and my uh, my work takes place as the depths. <laughs> so I'll just be like, oh, I'm going down to the depths. The depths. Uh, so <laughs> that is uh, the lasting legacy of Tears of the Kingdom, obviously. But no, it, you know, they expanded the world so much. I know not everybody was a fan of the depths, but I uh, I. I enjoy going down there still like just poking around being like oh what's what's down here and then finding like a that giant like toad boss down there and it's like oh god um yeah i mean it's it, i think the story was a step in the right direction from what breath of the wild was even though i think still maybe was a little underwhelming from what we were hoping for still uh, i think that the the move set the the abilities that link had at his disposal were a step forward for the franchise ultra hand really revolutionized the entire perspective that we have on the franchise, even if, you know, Hidemaru Fujibayashi and Eiji Aonuma told me a couple weeks ago that we're not going to see Ultra Hand in future installments more than likely. But I, I still think it's going to be kind of the lasting legacy of Tears of the Kingdom and just being able to oh, yeah. cobble together whatever weird objects you have to try to make like a car or something. <laughs> I still remember when you, we, we knew so little about the game beforehand you had this very late opportunity to go play it early. Uh, it was like they really only did like one preview event. Like, I don't know. Was it like a month or two before the game came out? Or oh, it was. Like I think it was like three weeks before the game came yeah. out. And I remember even then talking to you and reading your previews and stuff. And, and, you ha and you telling me like, yeah, I don't have my bombs or any of the Breath of the Wild tools. I don't think those are in the game. And I just remember it like, I was just like, what? How does that work? And then like... I, then you play the game and you're like, oh, that's how that works. Like, you know, like they, 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 they completely make you sort of reassess how to move through that world in an amazing way. Yeah, I think the way I told you is I was like, I only played for like an hour, hour and a half, maybe. And I was like, it completely broke my brain, like trying to be like, OK, so because, like, you know, you're, you're I was just doing the tutorial Sky Island. And then I got a little bit of like exploration in terms of like they. It was two sessions. One was like the tutorial Sky Island so I could learn how to do Fuse and Ultra Hand and everything. And then it was like, okay, now it opens up and you're like down in Hyrule and you have to get up into the Sky Islands and then 
uh, go over to like, it was like delivering one of those gems that creates a shrine up on the sky Island. And I remember just being like, Oh my God, like all the, uh, the, the possibilities were just overwhelming me. And I'm like, how is this even going to be like a full game? And it just, it started clicking eventually. Right. Like it wasn't oh, yeah, like yeah. a, like it wasn't a, and it, the entire game was not like, Oh yeah, I've got to use ultra hand. It like eventually just became second nature. Yeah. It, it's, it's the kind of mechanic that comes along so rarely in video games that just like infects every game you play after it, where you're like, ah, I don't have that thing that I need. Like I've, I, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And not to mention, like if we're talking purely on the action side of things, fuse is also a, a mechanic that really, I think d- gets overshadowed by how important ultra hand is, but like fuse also, especially given the fact that most of the weapons you find are like uh, <laughs> damaged in Tears of the Kingdom, at least. So like being able to fuse together like things to make their durability better and everything and damage, like collecting like rare Bacoblin parts and everything. So you can fuse your weapons together and have like do a whole lot more damage. That became like a really fun, like strategic uh, process for me over the course of my gameplay. Yeah, Absolutely. Also, the boss battles so much better in this game than they were in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I in, in when I'm reflecting on Tears of the Kingdom, it's not something I I think about immediately. But you're absolutely right. Yeah, like it's just like they're more interesting and they are more reliant a, a little bit on like you being able to use the the tools at your disposal to defeat them. Where in Breath of the Wild, they were more just like you know just difficult enemies. Yeah, it was just different forms of of Ganon, which was unfortunate because like that it just felt like okay, I've seen this guy before, only now he uses lightning. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. A bit. Yeah. I liked I love the surprise in any Zelda game, not not just Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild. I love the surprise of like, you know, going down into that pit in Twilight Princess and that giant like skull like skeleton dragon is like down there, you know? Like, that's always such a big, like, surprise of, like, oh, wow, this is, like, the enemy. This is what the boss looks like. Like, you know, just replaying Majora's, or uh, playing for the first time Majora's Mask earlier this year, I was just always on the edge of my seat of, like, all right, what's the zany boss design going to be for this dungeon? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm glad that we got that with Tears of the Kingdom. Something I always look forward to. But, yeah, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I think uh, uh, even in that strong field of games, Dave the Diver is one of those games that is like, okay, it's on PC. It's also on Switch. Switch is 100% the way that I want to play it. I reviewed Blasphemous 2 on Switch. It plays great there. Um, Dead Cells Return to Castlevania. It's unbelievable. So yeah, great field of games, but Tears of the Kingdom just... uh, It's hard for anything to top that game, right? Yeah, it's it's a little undeniable. Yeah. All right, Kyle, moving on. Best RPG. This is another strong category that I think we had a uh, <clears throat> a collection of great games coming to the Switch this year. So here are the nominees. Octopath Traveler 2, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, The Hidden Treasure of Area Zero Expansions, Sea of Stars, Star Ocean, The Second Story R, and Super Mario RPG. And the winner is Sea of Stars. Kyle, you are a big proponent of Sea of Stars. Talk me through why this game is such a strong RPG and why it's a great thing to play on the Switch. 
Um, yeah, it's just a fantastic, smooth RPG. Just like all the sort of things, the nice things you can say about a good RPG absolutely apply to Sea of Stars. You know, like uh, compelling story, fantastic turn-based combat, great visuals, great music. Like all that stuff just really works for, for Sea of Stars. Um, and it it's a game that, runs well on switch <laughs> you know <laughs> like it's not a uh a sort of intensive game so it's 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 one that that works really well on switch and it's also it's we talk about this a lot where it's like what i'll say this thing where i'm like oh i'd love to play that on switch but then the follow-up question the follow-up questions i don't really have great answers to of like i don't know why it's better on switch <laughs> like why it would be why i feel like it belongs on switch necessarily but i don't know just something about this game it just feels great like as a like a handheld switch title you know and i i actually reviewed it primarily on um pc and i i mostly played it on steam deck because i just wanted to have it sort of mobile you know yeah i mean it looks like an old school nintendo game and i think that's a large reason for why it feels like right at home on switch but i also would argue that a lot of turn-based rpgs are games that i'm like man i would love to play that on switch like persona 5 royal that was one where i was just champing at the bit to get on switch even though i've played it twice i've played persona 5 twice and it's like when am i ever <laughs> going to play this game again because I, I played vanilla version back when it hit ps4 originally and then i uh. played royal as a, for a review back in 2020 and it's like, when am I realistically going to play this 100 to 120 hour RPG again? And uh, the answer is not yet, but <laughs> I'm glad it exists on Switch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sea of Stars is kind of right in that that line where it's like, I just really want to play this game on my Switch. And it's like, it, it feels like it is going to be great, like on the go. And it turns out it is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Just, yeah. Just a fantastic game. Sea of Stars, amazing game. Uh, I can't wait to play more of it. I've only played a tiny, tiny bit of it, but I uh, everything that I've seen from my earliest preview before the game was even announced to everything I read in your cover story to everything that I've seen in the very, very early hours tells me that this is going to be a game that I adore. So, uh, Yeah, I hope you stick with it. That's good. I hope I do too, but I, I do want to play more of the rest of the games on this list, even Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which you know, is kind of, I think it was Kotaku maybe that, or it was either Kotaku or Polygon that published a story about like the legacy of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is always going to be that of missed opportunity. And it's like, yeah, that really does feel apt. Yeah. no, Cause there is a true. great game buried underneath the mess that is Pokemon Scarlet and Violet's technical side. And uh, I wish that we could get that like, ultimate version like we used to with pokemon games with a lot of the technical issues ironed out but i just don't think that's going to happen i think game freak is probably just going to take these as lessons that it learns and hopefully applies into future games because i could have seen these uh expansions doing huge numbers for like both like you know sales numbers but also like in terms of like blowing up social media people talking about all the amazing stuff they were able to do in pokemon scarlet and violet's expansions but it really just launched with like a, a dud because it was just a, a game that while really good, just wasn't good to play on switch, which is the yeah. only place you can play it. It's not like, Oh, don't worry. It runs so much better on PS five. It's like, no, it just doesn't run good anywhere. 
Yeah, it's yeah, mechanically and like design wise, like it's there, but it just, yeah, I don't know if it was over ambitious or what, but uh, it, it struggles. Yeah. But let's move on, Kyle. Next category. Oh, wait, real quick. I did want to call out because I had I had teased. (laughs) I mean, I had teased uh, that like there were a couple games this year that like I, you know, I beat it. I wrote the review and immediately picked it back up and kept playing it. I just I wanted to call that out specifically that Sea of Stars was another one of those where Mm -hmm. I I played it, beat it, wrote the review and then went and 100 percent completed that game fully. Um, and I'm glad I did. I, 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 if you're playing Sea of Stars, I highly recommend actually pursuing the 100% opportunities because it's got a really fantastic payoff if you if you do it. Oh, awesome. That is good to know as I start devoting more time to it. But all right, well, we're going to move on to the next category, which is probably your favorite on this entire list. Best sports or racing game? <laughs> no uh, sports fan. Yeah, I gotta, I'll just step away for a minute and you can you can take care. <laughs> I'll just monologue this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the nominees are F099, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 Turbocharged, Lego 2K Drive, Super Mega Baseball 4, and Wildcard Football. And the winner is Super Mega Baseball 4. And I, knew uh, it. I called it. Yeah, Super Mega Baseball 4 is a game that I reviewed for us. I had actually never put a significant amount of time into a Super Mega Baseball game. For those who are un- unaware about this game, it is like kind of like a, an arcade style, but with a lot of depth baseball game. And it doesn't have the MLB license, so it's not going to be like the Yankees and the Dodgers that you're choosing. It's instead like a bunch of like fantasy teams. But they this is the first time because they are under the EA Sports banner now. The, the studio was acquired by EA Sports that they did get the MLB PA license, which allowed them to use a bunch of retired players. So there's a bunch of legends in the game uh, alongside a bunch of their like kind of fictional characters they used for the first three titles. So it's like, if you've played with the game a lot, like, or played the series a lot up to this point, there is uh, a collection of characters that you are familiar with already, but also now like, you know, some of the greatest baseball players of all time are also in like a different division. So if you, and you can make fantasy teams uh, comprised of all these, these players has amazing customization options, which I had a great time with. I actually went in and like looked at all the players that were in the game. And I was like, like the, the legendary players. And I I added a bunch of players that I also loved, like growing up watching. So I created like a a whole, like couple of additional teams full of players. I was obsessed with baseball back in, in like when I was a kid. So like, it was like, all right, well the the players I loved watching, here's the the ones that I, I think are missing from this game. So I did that. So like there's, all kinds of customization options. You can create your own teams. You can do all kinds of great stuff. And then when you're in the game itself, it is a lot of fun. It runs pretty well on the Switch. So uh, yeah, if you've been looking for a solid baseball game, you know, MLB The Show 23, I think is the better better overall sports game. Unfortunately, it doesn't run as well on the Switch as it does on Xbox and PlayStation. So for Switch owners specifically, I would recommend Super Mega Baseball 4. And, and this isn't that like arcadey kind of zone, right? Yes, yeah, it's more. It's definitely more arcadey than uh, than simulation. However, it is. Uh, it, it does have. It does require skill, right? It's not like you gotcha. just like it, there's different skill settings and everything. 
The only thing that I, I would take away from Super Mega Baseball for some of the modes are not as deep as I would have liked, like uh, like the franchise or, or season mode is not anywhere near what kind of the industry standard is. But if you just want to play sports or play baseball games with your uh, your friends or if you want to play against the the AI, then Super Mega Baseball 4 is uh, a really solid pick for uh, a, a great Switch baseball title. Nice. And uh, I'd also want to shout out the rest of the games on this list. All of them, very solid options uh, on your on your Switch. So yeah, you can't go wrong with any of those. And then uh, here's a category that we did not do last year, Kyle, but I think it was warranted this year. That is best party game. We actually had a decent amount of uh, high-profile party games hit the Switch this year. And uh, we have five nominees, as usual. We have Everybody 1-2 Switch, The Jackbox Party Pack 10, Just Dance 2024, Samba de Amigo Party Central, and WarioWare Move It. And the winner is WarioWare Move It. Kyle, you played a decent amount of WarioWare Move It. You did our new gameplay today. I reviewed the game for us. How do you feel about this taking home this prize? I think it's the correct call. I think you did a good job. I'm proud of you for making this call, <laughs> Brian. Uh... Yeah, WarioWare uh, Move It is, is great. I, it, it's exactly what I wanted from WarioWare on Switch. I, I'm surprised it has taken as long as it has for this for a return to the style of WarioWare after the the Wii game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just so good at like making you look stupid in a fun way. And and I didn't dig into the multiplayer modes too much, but like all the feedback I've heard on it is that it's like super fun and silly. Like I know. Uh, you know, Dan Reichert, former Game Informer, editor, current Giant Bomb uh, person, editor? I don't know what their titles are I think over he's there. he's editor-in-chief, right? <laughs> no, so he, has, he has some kind of leadership role. But anyway, the point being, I know he was singing its praises uh, recently on, on, like, Giant Bomb's end-of-the-year discussions and stuff like that. It's just this great, like, just keep it installed on your Switch, and if you have friends over, like this is a great one to just play together because it's just it's it's just fun. Yeah, I mean, it is one of the. By the way, creative director is Dan's. Uh, there we go. Title over over there. Uh, shout out Dan Reichert, good person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it was the game we've talked about it so many times. It's the WarioWare game we have been waiting for for so long. I think we've gotten what like three WarioWare games since Smooth Moves on Wii. Yeah, and and that's not to say I didn't like them. Like the 3DS one in particular, WarioWare Gold, I really liked. Yeah, like the greatest hits. Yeah, style. it was basically greatest hits. Um, but yeah, I mean this this is my favorite in a long time for sure. And yeah, the multiplayer I would agree is is probably an underappreciated version of this. Like I was even like, does this count as a uh, as a party game? But I was like, oh yeah, of course it does. Yeah, like, thinking absolutely. back, because like the first thing I think of is like just doing it by myself. But then you think back to like the. Uh, the different multiplayer modes they have on offer, whether it's like the space themed board game or like the competitive, like boxing thing, or like the standing off to the side and like making it. So you have to do certain poses and like the person tells the, the game, if you actually did the the challenge correctly and <laughs> it's like a total honor system. But uh, yeah, it's, 
It's a very fun party game. Uh, most of the the micro games are winners. So uh, yeah, WarioWare Move It. Best party game on the Switch in 2023. The only, did that Konami, what, that Super Rhythm Castle, did that come to Switch? It did. Uh, unfortunately, I have not had a chance to check it out. Okay. Because no, and not not everything. like I'm not trying to throw you under the bus or anything. But if you like party games, I've, I've heard good things about that one, too. And I believe it's on Switch. Yeah. Maybe that would be a best music game, though. Could be. Who knows? All right. Moving on. We have a big one next. Best platforming game. So, you know, Nintendo always known for the platforming titles. And I think a lot of developers have recognized that because there are a lot of great platforming games that come to Switch every single year. This year was no different. So here are the nominees for Best Platforming Game. We have Curse Crackers, For Whom the Bell Toils, Disney Illusion Island, Mr. Run and Jump, Sonic Superstars, and Super Mario Brothers Wonder. And as you might imagine, Nintendo takes home the win for this one, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Kyle, talk to me about your experience with Super Mario Bros. Wonder. I know you're more of a 3D Mario game, but how did Mario Bros. Wonder leave you feeling after you played through it? Brian? Uh, apathetic? Oh, no! <laughs> I just... I, for whatever reason, I, I... Like, maybe I'm just dead inside. Mario Wonder just did not do it for me this year i i don't know why i like it's true i do prefer 3d mario i'm not the biggest 2d mario guy i don't have a lot of nostalgia for 2d mario but yeah i i don't i don't know wonder just didn't didn't do much for me this year and uh, and i'm sorry and 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 i I, (laughs) okay that was i'm not a fan of the soundboard but you know what that that word that was pretty good uh so so rather than hear me talk about how it didn't do much for me let me hear from you who you really love this game right i do love super mario brothers wonder uh you know i wrote the cover story so i got extra time with it before it came out and i was pretty confident that it was going to be a really good game but i was it it was one of those games that just pleasantly surprised me around every single corner right like every time i was coming up on like a wonder flower i was like all right what's the effect gonna be and that always almost always delivered right like there were so many amazing effects that just were you were like how is this in a mario game it felt like uh, to your your expertise you are a 3d mario fan like you adore 3d mario games and i would argue that 3d mario has been so much better than 2d mario for the last 15 plus years I think that yeah, yeah. the 3D Mario side has become so creative, whereas the 2D Mario side was always pretty stagnant ever since maybe the original New Super Mario Brothers. And it, it just kind of felt iterative, more so than like innovative. And Mario Wonder really felt like the first 2D Mario game in a long time that borrowed that creative stroke from the 3D side of things and applied it to the 2D side of things. I mean, not counting Mario Maker, because obviously Mario Maker is as creative as the community can possibly get. Right, yeah. But as far as like a Nintendo-developed full 2D Mario game, Super Mario Bros. Wonder is the most creative entry since the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's fair. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a fair statement. And I just yeah, it just didn't click with me. I don't know why. You're you're a 3D Mario guy, so I, I understand it. But I, I, I do I love I do love Yoshi's Island. I don't know what that says about me. It says a lot. <laughs> but no, Super Mario Brothers Wonder I think was the clear winner. You know, I as I've said, I was I've kind of become the Sonic guy as well at, at Game Informer and. It uh, Sonic Superstars was a a perfectly solid Sonic 2D Sonic game. Right. Uh, I think that it had some problems. I think it's one of those games where it's like kind of like Sonic Frontiers, where I'm going to be like, all right, well now maybe the next one will be amazing. Like there are some problems, but maybe the next one will truly be amazing. Like they've uh, they've got a good baseline here. They've 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 landed on something. Now they just need to sort of take it to the next level right correct that's what my hope for that for sonic superstars is uh mr run and jump disney illusion island curse crackers for whom the bell toils all really solid platformers i actually reviewed mr run and jump and gave it a pretty good score uh but yeah super mario brothers wonder is kind of the clear winner here and uh takes home the prize for best platforming game yeah hopefully uh pizza tower comes to switch next year yeah, you never know. I mean, that, that game is tearing the charts up on Steam. So, uh, Kyle, we're going to jump into the next category here. <clears throat> one that I think is near and dear to your heart. One that I'm excited for. Best Indie Game. Okay, yeah. So here we have the five nominees. Cocoon, Dredge, Sea of Stars, Thirsty Suitors, and Venba. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know Venba came to Switch. I'm going to need to play Venba on Switch. And the winner is Sea of Stars. Deservedly so. Yeah, it's it's my favorite on that list. Cocoon, uh, second place for me on the, among that list. Yeah, yeah it's uh, just a really solid RPG from start to finish, as you have indicated. Uh, but yeah, beautiful art style. The fact that this game is an indie title, like the, the, the buzz that you have on social media and among the Game Informer staff really feels like it transcends the indie label, but no, it is created by Sabotage, the developers behind the messenger, um, you know, a true indie studio through and through, even though they are coming off of a pretty successful title in the messenger, so, uh, yeah, it takes home our prize for best indie game. Anything else you want to say about Sea of Stars, Kyle? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, it's a, a fantastic RPG that I, I it is one of those, like, sometimes I'll be like, you know, oh, the, in, within this genre, it's like, oh, I don't really like RPGs. And I'll be like, well, I don't think this is going to change your mind. I think Sea of Stars is at a level where it's like, I usually don't like RPGs. You know, if you're that person, I think you could almost give sea of stars a shot and really find something special in it. I, I think it is universally appealing because just cause it's so well done. And one thing we haven't talked about, we've talked about the art style looking so gorgeous, but talk to me a little bit about the music in this best indie game, sea of stars. Yeah. I mean, it, the music is, um, primarily done by um eric w brown who did the music for the messenger and it's all it's fantastic it's a fantastic soundtrack but then they also got um mitsuda of chrono trigger frame uh chrono trigger fame to come in and do uh, a handful of tracks and it's like the thing that it does for the game outside of like 
giving you some real great like Mitsuda tunes is it kind of infects the rest of the sort of tone of the music and really just feels like this great Chrono Trigger throwback while still having like lots of original tunes. Um, yeah, the soundtrack recently came to Spotify and, oh, and really? YouTube and all that. And I, I've been listening to it outside of the game. I, 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 just, I just like it so much. Wow. Yeah, I'll have to check that out because uh, I've been getting more and more into just listening to game music outside of the games themselves. And like that, that's always the mark of an amazing soundtrack is when you can just listen to it without the context of the game and obviously there are some times where it's like i'll listen to a, a song from final fantasy 10 or something and it'll just like you'll be taken back to the moment that that song yeah, plays in the game yeah. and it's like all the emotions from that moment come like flooding back in but if you can listen to it without even having like the context like i think like the persona 5 soundtrack is a great example of that or like there's a couple of songs from like alan wake 2 or uh um final fantasy 7 remake that just are amazing even just as standalone songs uh that's Absolutely. always the mark of a good yeah. soundtrack so like sea of stars go find it on spotify or i'm assuming it's on apple music as well because uh yeah, even if you haven't so. played the game it sounds like it's a just incredible soundtrack all right kyle we're going to move on to the next category here best multiplayer got again five nominees f099 the jackbox party pack 10 pikmin 4 Super Mario Brothers Wonder and WarioWare Move It. And the winner is Super Mario Brothers Wonder. All right, Kyle. So how much how much uh, multiplayer have you played as Super Mario Brothers Wonder? Uh, probably like I played like three or four. Well, actually, hold on. May like two, two levels co-op with my daughter. Okay. Yeah. It when you're playing on couch co-op, it is amazing. I think that that is when the multiplayer is at its best. They do some neat stuff with the online component of it. I wish, like, I'm, I've said this on a past episode where it's like I wish that the there would be like a free update that adds the ability to actually play like full online co-op with it. However, like the, the, the use of kind of like, I mean, I don't want to say like, because the, the, the go-to games journalist comparison is, oh, it's just like Dark Souls. But this really yeah. is like Dark Souls, where it's like little shadows of players who are in the area at the same time you are show up. And that's what Super Mario Brothers Wonder does, is it takes, like, if you're in a level and players are in the the same level as you, you can see what they are doing through their shadows. You can't interact with them. They're operating in a different instance. So like if they defeat a Goomba, that Goomba is not defeated on your side of things. I would like it if they added that. The only time that like, there's really like any kind of like interactivity is if you create a lobby, have your friends in there and you can do like races, but that isn't when the game is really at its best. But the, the best use of it is when you're doing couch co-op They've made some refinements from what we saw in New Super Mario Brothers where, you know, you can't really pick each other up and, and you can't bounce off each other unless one of the players is Yoshi and then you can jump on and ride around them. But, hmm. you know, outside of that, they, I think they realized that doing four player in New Super Mario Brothers U, for example, is just pure chaos. And that's fun sometimes, but if you're wanting it to be like a productive gameplay session, it's not fun. <laughs> it's very frustrating. So I think that was a wise move on their part to to make it so that there's no real interactivity be between the characters. 
Uh, Couch Co-op is a blast. Wish they would expand it to online, but even the online offerings are fun for what they deliver. Um, So that's why it ended up taking home best multiplayer. I think F-099 had a great case for winning this, as did WarioWare Move It, but ultimately... We went with Super Mario Brothers Wonder on the All Things Nintendo Awards. Kyle, anything else to say on this one? Uh, no, because I, I no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, here's what I was going to say, Brian. I turned off that uh, multiplayer component pretty quickly. Wow. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry to undercut your awards with my own. It just angry apathetic sort of jaded adult (laughs) next time i talk to takashi tezuka i'll tell him how much you hate this game uh yeah but then follow that up with how much i love Link's awakening and it should be all good all right yeah that'll balance it out all right next category best compilation so this is going to the games that came to switch through collections some of them, uh, actually, I guess all of these are older games that came to Switch this year through compilations. So here we are. The nominees, Batman Arkham Trilogy, Etrian Odyssey Origins Collection, Jurassic Park Classic Games Collection, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection, and Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1. And the winner is Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1. All right, Kyle, so you checked this out for us probably more than most people did on staff. But uh, talk to me about this uh, first volume, apparently, of the Metal Gear Solid games coming to modern platforms. Right. Yeah. No, I, now, to be clear, I, 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 I haven't played the Switch version. Uh, yes, correct. Here, but um, I am a Metal Gear Solid uh, lunatic. I sicko. love. Yeah, sicko. That's the term I like. Yeah. Um, I Metal Gear Solid, like those games, like are in my top ten, right? Like I think two might even be like in my top three. Maybe I'd have to sit down and think about it. But I love the Metal Gear Solid series, and I mean the main takeaway is just I'm just grateful to have a renewed access to it on a new platform and on Switch in particular because like it's never well the Metal Gear Solid three came to 3ds which is which is a weird thing yeah um but like otherwise like you know these games really haven't officially been available on like a nice handheld platform uh really um and i played a lot of them just to, as a way as a means of like we did like a new game play today video on them i played like one two and three and dabbled in some of the other ones and stuff like that and i, I and i still have just a lot of affection for these games i think they still play really well um, just because they're so detailed and interesting. I mean, the, the story is super engaging and, and some of my favorite in all of video games, all of entertainment media, potentially. Wow. Um, but um, but then there's also that other layer of just like, they're still fun to play. Uh, they, it just the, the It's just so fun to like move around in that world because it the world like does a good job of not taking itself seriously when it doesn't need to. And, and it makes it fun for the player to just tool around and, and figure out weird stuff in those worlds so it's yeah. like yeah i'm just super grateful to have it on switch and other platforms yeah and i mean to be fair a lot of these games i mean i think Mega Man battle network legacy collection is extremely hype for the people who are about 
the Battle Network yeah, it games. Was like, it was like a huge hit. I feel like it sold like exceptionally well. I don't remember where I saw that stat. Uh, but yeah, yeah, people really love those. Yeah, I just uh, I was never the biggest Battle Network fan, unfortunately. Um, but Batman Arkham Trilogy, I was so excited for that. I hear Arkham Asylum and Arkham City play great. But uh, Arkham Knight is a real problem for that collection on Switch, unfortunately. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so that kind of like, disqualified. When they announced that, I think everyone was like, oh, great, Batman on Switch. And when they, But when Arkham Knight was sort of in the sort of the queue of like games included, I think everyone kind of raised their eyebrow and was like, really? You got, you got Arkham Knight on there? <laughs> yeah, they could have probably avoided that problem by just putting Arkham Origins in there instead. The, the oft-forgotten other game of the Arkham trilogy. <laughs> Poor Arkham Origins, a, a solid Arkham game. Exactly. That, that just, uh, hey, you know what? Rocksteady wasn't involved with it. They don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is that seems to be the case because it's just, they, they made it backward compatible on Xbox, but you can't buy it digitally on Xbox. So it's like, okay, oh, that's, I, I guess we just don't get to play this game unless we have a physical disc and also an Xbox Series X because Series S does not have a disk drive. Right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, best compilation, Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1. Also, an odd thing is that every game gets its own individual tile instead of just, like, yeah. one, like, menu that you go into. So, if, like... I don't love that, but yeah. I don't either, but it's also nice to just jump right into the game instead of, like, having to go through, like, a menu every time you start it up, I guess. I don't know. There's yeah. There's probably positives and negatives to it. All right, next category, best remake or remaster. And this I was actually surprised by how many games, remakes in particular, and 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 uh, remasters came to Switch in 2023. So here are the nominees. I had to whittle this down to five: the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster series, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, Metroid Prime Remastered, Persona 4 Golden and Super Mario RPG. And the winner is Metroid Prime Remastered. Hmm. Kyle, this is uh, maybe a, a surprise winner, but... Yes and no. Yeah, it wouldn't have been my pick, but I don't think it's a bad pick. And, you know, Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster Series, I know... Some people, some of the diehards have some problems with that, but overall, very solid collection of the remasters of the first six Final Fantasy games available on modern platforms now. Unbelievable. Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, a great, great uh, remaster with a little bit of extra content at the end. Persona 4 Golden, obviously one of the greatest RPGs of all time. Super Mario RPG remade from the ground up, but very loyal to the source material. Metroid Prime Remastered is kind of in between... Uh, a remake and a remaster because it is a remaster in name. It is one-to-one the exact same game, but they redid all the textures. They redid all the control schemes and it plays like a game that came out in 2023. I think that if you are doing a remaster and you want it more to, you want it to be more than just, okay, it's the same exact game, but, it puts out 4k resolution instead of 720p or whatever the original resolution was. If you want it to be more than that, Metroid prime remastered is the gold standard going forward. In my opinion. Mm. 
And I would love to see the other two in the Metroid Prime trilogy receive that treatment. I don't think we're going to get that. I think it's going to be a more straightforward remaster, but it 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 plays like a 2023 shooter, like maybe like a, a 2023 shooter that's slightly behind the times. But if you told an uneducated gamer that Metroid Prime came out this year and yeah, new, Metroid, that new 3D tag, Metroid, yeah, it, it feels yeah, it feels like a game that came out this year with maybe some older design conventions in terms of the level design. But overall, it is a, a very good game. One of the best games from the GameCube era available now on Switch in a, uh, a a modernized form that feels better than the GameCube version did. So that's why it took home the prize for me. And it also really, I guess, re-whetted my appetite for Metroid Prime 4 that we've <laughs> been waiting for ever since 2017, uh, which is crazy to think about. We've been waiting for it almost seven years now. Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I- it's we're probably still do you think that we'll see that this year i feel like we probably won't huh? well not 2023 certainly but we'll see oh, yeah, <laughs> 2024 maybe Sorry, uh, i already live in 2024 i'm uh, I'm ahead of things i mean maybe 2024 is the year but uh, maybe it's the year we finally learn more about it because right now it's just been <laughs> yeah, like all right go. well was it team ninja was doing it and then they like canceled development and they gave it to retro games uh, i think it was bandai namco was, okay so bandai namco yeah, I don't uh, think Team Ninja is ever going to be allowed near Metroid that's ever fair. again. Uh, not that I don't think they should. I I have nice things to say about. Um, gosh, geez, Brian, what's that game called? Other um, M. We, Other M. Yeah, I actually I I have a I Other M. I I think is a little. I think people are a little harsh to Other M, uh, but that's a whole other a whole other thing. Yeah, I'm not sure what what's going on with Prime Four, but I'm happy to wait for it. I, I'm in no rush to play it. But in the meantime, you can go play Metroid Prime Remastered, which takes home the award for best remake or remaster in the All Things Nintendo Awards. Yeah, uh, to be uh, yeah, and my my pick, like I said, Metroid Prime, great great pick. Uh, I, Mario RPG would have been mine. I, I really adored Mario I RPG this year. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fantastic game. Yeah, that I think that was the clear runner up in yeah. uh, in this one. But it's a, a very strong year for remakes and remasters on Switch. Absolutely. So another year that that or another category that had a pretty strong year, best content updates. So these are games that already came out or came out in 2023 and received several content updates or one significant content update over the course of 2023. So here are the nominees: No Man's Sky, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, Sonic Frontiers, Splatoon 3, and Vampire Survivors. And the winner is Vampire Survivors. Yeah, I it continues to grow. Yeah, it's a game that took the world by storm last year. It didn't come to Switch until this year, but it just continues to churn out these meaningful updates at extremely affordable prices. Like it's wild how they're like, oh yeah, we added like a story mode and we added like a, a whole new map and like five new characters. How much will that be? How much will that be? $1.99. Okay, great. I, I have no problem continuing to support this, this, uh, this developer. They're going to keep putting out great content at that price for such an amazing game. Yeah. And you're saying the switch version was this year, right? Yeah. The switch version came okay. to, uh, came out this year. Great. Yeah. No, that that's worth highlighting as well. Just cause like, I really like Vampire Survivors a lot. I think it was on my top 10 for last year. It certainly and, was mine. 
and uh, I was like hesitant about the Switch because it is a simple game, right? It's a pixel game. It's simple, but there's there is a lot happening on screen, and thankfully the Switch like just totally handles it fine, which I, I think is a credit to the developer Ponkel over there. But uh, so I was I was I was worried that the Switch version was going to be lacking, but it it, it, it is not a, a, at all. On my flight back from the Game Awards, I fired up Vampire Survivors on my Switch, and I I was doing some of the newer stuff, and I was getting some really like in your face effects, and like things were really popping off on on screen, and I was like, all right, is my Switch about to like catch on fire? Or is it gonna like uh, is it gonna crash? Is it gonna kick me out of the game? Is it gonna like start dipping in frame rate? But no, it kept running smooth. So. Despite the simple visuals at first, like when you look at it, you're like, all right, this could be like, this could run on an NES. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But eventually, when you get later in the game, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is a modern game through and through. And all the visual effects and everything are popping up on the screen. You're getting like hundreds of enemies on screen at once. So I'm pleasantly surprised that it runs well on Switch. Um, but yeah, takes home the award for best content updates. The rest of the categories I do want to highlight, you know, Splatoon or rest of the games in this category I do want to highlight. Splatoon 3 continue to churn out stuff I, did we ever get that final expansion that they teased i feel like that was supposed to come out this holiday right Gosh, maybe i missed it but yeah like the single player stuff right i don't know yeah i missed it if it came through i i, I didn't play it uh sonic frontiers had three free content updates including the the one that hit a couple months ago was a, a new story expansion that everybody could download for free and added uh three new playable characters added more story content added a new form for supersonic so that was cool uh pokemon scarlet and violet we talked about that they added two new expansions uh we just heard that they're going to be adding a new uh epilogue dlc and then no man's sky just a perpetual and like just an, an annual competitor for this award right like <laughs> yeah yeah ever since it came out it's been putting out amazing content updates so i feel like it's like a legacy pick at this point but it's it's still put out new content this year so very solid category there. And that segues perfectly into our next category, which is the Better Late Than Never Award. This is for a game that came to Switch previously, or a game that came out previously, but came to Switch in 2023. Uh, I, guess, very... I guess I could have saved my Vampire Survivor discussions <laughs> for, for this moment. Well, right? Kyle, the nominees for this are <laughs> Outer Wilds, The Pathless, Persona 4 Golden, Red Dead Redemption, and Vampire Survivors. And wouldn't you know it, Vampire Survivors takes home this award as well. Kyle, we've talked about this already. It is uh, just an incredible game. It's one of those games that the first time I played it, I was like, I need this for Switch as soon as possible. And I remember it came to Switch right before I went on a, uh, a trip. I believe I was going out to New York. And as soon as I fired it up, I looked down, played a couple games, looked up, and my flight was over. Because it just, it, it's it's like how, I, how I've described Tears of the Kingdom. And uh, where it's kind of like a cheat code when you're traveling. Where like you will play it <laughs> and then you, like, crazy, yeah. you'll look down for 10 minutes and you'll look back up and it was two hours. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a perfect for the switch i used to play this on xbox series x and now i've abandoned that save entirely and now i'm so much further on the switch than i ever was on my xbox save <laughs> abandoned it's, it's, it's abandoned that save it's a funny way to phrase it it's so good though and it's it's if it 
came out this year, even in the like overall, if it came out this year, even in like how crowded 2023 was, I bet it would still be pretty high on my top 10 list. I think it was like number three for me last year, like overall. So like highly recommended. I think it's like $5 for the base game. And then like it has like four or five expansions that are $2 each. So even if you want to buy like everything this game has to offer, it's like, what, just over $20 at most? <laughs> like you don't yeah. have to get all that stuff if you don't want to. No, no. Yeah. So yeah, better late than never. Thank you for coming to Switch, Vampire Survivors. Thank you, Ponkle, for bringing this game to Switch. The more people that can play this game, the better. Anything else to say about this before we move on? Nope. Great game. Play it. All right. Well, we're moving on to the most wanted game for Switch in 2024. This is a category because, as you've mentioned, you play a lot of games and you say, man, I want this on Switch. (laughs) It's just such a great uh platform and it, it maybe it's it's importance in like the the conversation of i wish this would come to switch has been diminished a little bit by the existence of the steam deck but uh it's still the thing that i end up saying a lot in uh in conversations about the switch is like man that would be great on switch so here are the nominees and some of these are going to be out of left field but some of them uh make a lot of sense i think grand theft auto 5 the Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker, or Twilight Princess HD, Persona 3 Reload, Pizza Tower, and Street Fighter 6. The winner on this one was hotly contested. It's going to be the Zelda HD collection. Wind Waker and yeah. Twilight Princess HD. I feel like oh, I, w- I had to do that out of necessity, just given how much I talk about it on this show. <laughs> like, that that also feels like maybe a bit of a legacy award, right, Kyle? Because, like, it, it come, every time these games come up, I'm like, come on, bring them to Switch. Where are they? But all the rest of the games on this, this category would be phenomenal if they came to Switch. You mentioned Pizza Tower earlier. Was that your pick of, out of this category? Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, I... I... If, if from that list, the one I immediately, the ones I want to immediately replay the most are, are the two Zelda games for sure. But um, I actually played Pizza Tower for the first time yesterday on Steam, and I was just like sort of flabbergasted by what a strange and sort of frenetic and cool game that is. <laughs> I randomly met the developers behind Pizza Tower out at the Game Awards. Did they it was seem like, like lunatics? No, they were perfectly like normal, cool, cool peeps. Okay, so like okay. I, uh, I, I was hanging out with uh, the developer of an upcoming game that I've highlighted before called Anton Blast. And that's a very fun game, kind of along the same lines. And they were like the it was him and two of the, the, the developers from Pizza Tower. And it was just like, you know, group of cool peeps just hanging with nice. them so uh shout out to them but pizza tower is one that i was like oh my god i wish this would come to switch yeah i not to go off on a pizza tower tangent but like a lot of games that i there are games that i describe lovingly as like feeling like uh interactive nightmares mm. like limbo and inside those games are so dreamlike that they feel like the unconscious mind sort of to me in a way that i really love mm-hmm that's kind of how I feel about Pizza Tower as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to play more of it, but like it just everything I've seen about like people talking about it, like how it gets later on. I'm just like, man, this would be perfect for Switch. 
Um, but you know, other other entries on here. Grand Theft Auto Five is just one that was top of mind for me because in the recent weeks we've gotten the GTA Six thing, and then Red Dead Redemption came this year, and I was like. I bet we could do like some form of Grand Theft Auto Five. That would be amazing to have that game like in the palm of your hands. But then again, you could do that with the Steam Deck theoretically. Yeah, uh, I mean the fact, the fact that Red Dead for, for most reports seem to say that it's solid on Switch, right? I mean, yeah, I think so. Like, if Red Dead Redemption is solid on Switch, I would hope that G like like you know the original release of GTA Five. Yeah, you the know, Xbox Three Sixty Three Sixty version, which. Well, you know, I played that's the version that I played. I think that was two years after Red Dead Redemption. So it wasn't that big of a leap forward. I mean, I'm sure it it was like Rockstar had still figured out how to make games run better. And maybe it is a little bit more of a technical challenge, but it's continues to be one of the top selling games like to this day, which is crazy to me. Uh, But this is an odd one because Persona 3 Reload isn't even out yet. It comes out in February of next year, but it just it it's basically Persona Three, which was the game that made the Persona series go in the direction that it did. However, it's not announced for uh for Switch. It, this remake basically seems like it's remaking the original game, the original form of this what what we know as a, the Persona series today, but in the style of Persona Five Royal, which is on Switch, but Persona Three Reload is only coming to like xbox series x and ps5 which is unfortunate because it would be great on switch that would yeah. be my go-to platform for that game i think if if i was and then street fighter 6 i don't think that the version of street fighter 6 we have now would come anywhere close to running on switch but i just miss having like mainline street fighter games on nintendo consoles maybe that's just the nostalgic in me where i'm just like i i fell in love with street fighter playing it on my snes playing street fighter 2 turbo on my snes and i would love to have it back on nintendo consoles yeah i mean you kind of forget that this one of the few switch launch titles was a weird version of street fighter 2 was yeah it It was ultra street fighter 2 the final challengers that's right yeah and you know there's 2023 just like uh fighting games um like really cool fighting games that people liked that that came out this year have a good track record of being on switch uh flawless execution you know yeah that's a, that's a dig at mortal Kombat one being terrible on switch by the way <laughs> yeah unfortunately that was the case from what i understand they have released quite a few post-launch updates but that's it good. just I, I would i mean i'd honestly rather have street fighter 6 it plays it, it, it's a better fighting game overall uh by yeah. a pretty significant margin but Glad Mortal Kombat 1 at least exists on Switch, even if it's a uh, a, a much worse version. Kyle, we are down to the last two awards here, and they are heavy hitters. Next award is Best Third-Party Game. So games not developed or published by Nintendo, but came to Switch nonetheless. The nominees are Dave the Diver, Disney Illusion Island, Octopath Traveler 2, Sea of Stars, and Sonic Superstars. And Kyle, the winner is Sea of Stars. Hey, all right. So I, another, I love Sea of Stars. Congratulations to Sea of Stars. You know, one that we have talked about a couple times already, really cleaning up in all the categories it was nominated in. Uh, one that has resonated very heavily with a lot of members of the Game Informer staff, including yourself. 
we've already talked about this game a lot, but anything else you want to say in parting shots in terms of like Sea of Stars and why it deserves so much praise in 2023? Yeah, and I mean, nothing, we would just be repeating ourselves at this point, but just a fantastic game overall uh, and fantastic on Switch. I will shout out from your list, though, uh, Dave the Diver. Correct. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is where Switch is where I played the most Dave the Diver and, and quite enjoyed it. And for people who have not checked out Dave the Diver, go check that out. It's a very fun title where you go you dive underwater, explore, you you catch fish and find treasure, and then you emerge from your your diving expedition and go help out at a sushi restaurant selling the fish that you caught. And it's a uh very fun uh, juxtaposition between those two gameplay styles going from like an uh, an underwater action game to a restaurant simulation title. <laughs> you do everything from customize your restaurant, set your menu based on like what your catches were and uh, discover new recipes, upgrade recipes. And then you're also the waiter. So it, uh, very fun title, very strong competitor in best third party title, but sea of stars your winner for best third-party game on Switch in 2023. Kyle, that leaves us with the final category. We don't do game of the year here on All Things Nintendo. We just split the game of the year into two separate categories. That first one was best third-party game, which probably tells you what the other category is. We don't call it best first-party game, but it essentially is. It is the best Nintendo game of 2023, a title either developed or published by Nintendo. Here are the nominees. Fire Emblem Engage. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Pikmin 4, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and Super Mario RPG. And the winner is The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Kyle, this is probably not a surprise in any way. Why is it that Tears of the Kingdom is such a special game, even in what we have described as such a special year? Uh, I mean, it's just... The the big thing for me, because like I, I, I wrote sort of reflecting on the game for the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth issue of the magazine, um, and... The thing about the game is, it's just like the, those the tools that they give you are the are the thing that really feel like sort of made it particularly special, right? Like even beyond like the sort of iteration on Breath of the Wild, like the 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 tools that it gave you and the way it like forced you to rethink how you interact with you know this new contemporary version of Zelda was just like is mind blowing, like Ascension uh ultra hand like those two tools ha- have changed like the way i think about video games fundamentally to a certain degree you know yeah. like games after that just don't feel the same and like the way you could use those tools to sort of mold the game into what you wanted it to be and uh the way you solve puzzles and then the design of the puzzles and then it like even I'm not a big, you know, watching other people play a game kind of person, but like on those occasions where I did watch people play Tears of the Kingdom, it was wild to see how they were approaching puzzles and using Ultra Hand in a way completely distinct from like how I did it. And that is the case with 
like every single puzzle in the game, which is which is insane. And then beyond that, like the sort of the the more straightforward Zelda stuff, you know, dungeons and puzzles and story and like conclusion, like are all like the the maybe some of the best the series has ever had. Like I feel like the last two or three hours of that game are just like absolutely phenomenal. Like just some of the best sort of uh Zelda ending stuff ever. Uh just the way it all wraps up in terms of story, the sort of the look of it all. It's just it's fantastic. I I Tears of the Kingdom was this crazy sprint for me when it came out um in a way that I love and that I just like I every moment I wasn't playing it down to like being asleep or like bathing or eating. I was just like, <laughs> could not stop thinking about that game and, and wanted to get back to it so quickly. I just adored it so much. Yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's extremely special to me. I, I didn't think that Nintendo would be able to top breath of the wild and, uh, you know, breath of the Wild's my favorite game of all time, but I, it's, it's that weird space where I'm like, I, I, think breath of the wild is still my favorite game of all time because it was more impactful but tears of the kingdom i will acknowledge is like the better game which i can't believe that i'm saying that like they followed up such an amazing game with something even better and i think that's ultimately why it even in that strong field it wasn't even close like it was like oh yeah of course it's the legend of zelda tears of the king which by the way to wrap up, it also took home Game Informer's overall game of the year. So that tells you That's something. Right. If yeah. th- Again, in such a strong year that had games like Super Mario Brothers Wonder and Alan Wake 2 and uh, Baldur's Gate 3, like Resident Evil 4 Remake, all those games are so good. But the Game Informer staff came to the conclusion, in addition to myself, that Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, the best that 2023 had to offer. So yeah. That yeah, is the I end of so. the Nintendo or the all things Nintendo awards for 2023. Kyle, we're going to wrap up with one more question here. When we look back at 2023 from Nintendo's perspective, what letter grade would you hand out to them for the year that they had? Oh, what would I give Nintendo? for yeah, the you're, year? you're the teacher at the end of the school year. Nintendo is your student. <laughs> yeah. What are you marking on the report card? I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I, I I guess it's boring, but I mean, it's an A year for Nintendo. I mean, Tears of the Kingdom, Pikmin 4, Super Mario RPG Remake are like just my favorites, right? But then there's like things like Fire Emblem Engage and Wonder. Uh, Wonder, right? Like Wonder is is, is huge for, for most. It's uh, just not necessarily for me. So like, F-099, they had a lot yeah. of third-party titles as we covered. I mean, I think it's probably the best. I don't think it outdoes the Breath of the Wild Super Mario Odyssey year. But it's um, close. But it's close. Yeah, it's close. I gave them an A-. And the only reason that I didn't give them the flat A is because the Switch is really starting to show its age. Yeah, I, I agree with you there for sure. The only reason I didn't give them the flat A, I I mean, Tears of the Kingdom, one of my favorite games of all time. Super Mario Brothers Wonder, one of my favorite Mario games of all time. So those are two of my my top franchises. And, you know, we have great entries for both of them. Uh, just so many amazing games from start to finish. And it's uh, it's an incredible year. I just wish that the Switch wasn't struggling 
as much as it was. And, you know, it's it's also hard when Pokemon Scarlet and Violet didn't get the performance updates that we were hoping for. And that, you know, even though Pokemon isn't developed by Nintendo, it is a uh, a, a, a tentpole franchise for the company. It's it's the highest grossing entertainment franchise on the planet. And it's Nintendo exclusive when it comes to the games. So it's uh, when when that game, even though it came out in 2022, is still not fixed, but it's receiving content that has to take into account uh, what what's going on there. But yeah, then you look at some of the third party stuff and there are some performance issues in in there. But it's hard to argue with the overall year that Nintendo had when you look purely at the games it released and how well almost all of them performed on the system, even as the Switch continues to age at a seemingly rapid rate even though you know this is not any different from like what we see on other consoles right where it's like as the consoles start getting to the end of their life we do see that like when games are starting to transition to other newer consoles those console the 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 older versions will struggle pretty mightily as well it's just more noticeable because this is Nintendo and it's the highest selling console that is currently available to buy new. Yeah. So it's uh it's tricky because I did want to give them the flat A, but the the Switch's age is really what prevented me from that and like the the effects that that is having. So hopefully 2024 brings us a new Nintendo console or hybrid or whatever we want to call it, but overall incredible year for Nintendo and when you look at the game releases uh, purely from that perspective, an incredible year for the industry, even with uh, even though there were some other elements that were less than savory that we touched on yeah. at the top of the show. But Kyle, that is the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much to everyone for listening. Do me a favor if you haven't already, throw all things Nintendo a five-star review and hit that subscribe button. If you want to get any questions or comments in, you can get in touch with me at allthingsnintendo at gameinformer.com or hit me up on social media at Brian Piche. You can also join the Game Informer community Discord, which is a perk for subscribing to our Twitch channel even just for one month. Kyle, tell people about the internet. Uh, it's a great place. Don't have any issues with it. It's always good um, and has never caused any major problems. Oh, okay. And where can they find you on this internet? Uh, it's, it's Kyle M. Hilliard on Twitter and Blue Sky. Kyle Hilliard on Blue Sky. You'll find me if you're looking for me. I'm not that, I'm not that hidden. That is our show for this week. Thank you all again so much for listening. Have a great holiday. We will see you next time.